guys. Welcome to the Titanium Vault. I'm your host, RJ Bates III. And today's episode is the first podcast that I've recorded post winning the Closers Olympics. And the reason why I wanted to jump on here today is to answer probably the number one thing that I've received Instagram messages, Facebook messages, and text messages about, which is overcoming sellers' objections and how I was able to do that during the Closers Olympics, as well as some of the the other contestants in the Closers Olympics, how I saw them either really succeed with overcoming sellers' objections, but also sometimes where that was like the hurdle that really held them back from moving forward in, in the competition. And when you think about it, this can be the one area in the closing, in the, the negotiations uh, that could hold you back from being able to get a property under contract. So this is an extremely important topic. And I just wanted to touch base on a couple of topics, a couple of pointers. Um, when you're in that conversation, how my mind kind of flows through the conversation and and how I attempt to overcome the seller's objections, okay? First and foremost, I want you to go ahead and, and remember this. You're not successfully going to overcome each and every seller's objections, okay? And if you are, then you're, you're probably giving away too much, right? Um, you want to be told no at some point in time, so that means you're kind of pushing the boundaries uh, but these are the topic that the tips that I'm going to give you are some of the ways that you can successfully achieve what you're going after, right? Which is to buy a heavily discounted property, uh, while also still maintaining that you're, you're not forcing the seller to do something that they're going to be uncomfortable with 20, 30 days later, once you approach closing. Okay. So tip number one, listen for the actual objection. Okay. And I know this seems really simple on, on the base level because it is. Um, but I think sometimes we're so worried about what's the next thing we're going to say in our script or how am I actually going to respond that we're missing out on what the seller is actually saying. Okay. Truly listen to why they're giving you the objection because Sometimes it's not as simple as what they're saying, okay? And, and a good example of this is, is in my final round, which if you haven't watched my, my final round, the Closers Olympics, you can purchase the replay. Uh, there's a link in the, in the show notes in the description uh, where you can purchase that. And I suggest doing it. It's $97. You're going to get three full days worth of uh, seller negotiations and, and cold calling with some of the best closers in the country. So I suggest, hey, if this is something that you're struggling with, check that out, okay? But I'm gonna use that last call, the one that I actually got a signed contract at the end of the Closers Olympics. So I'm gonna use that as an example. And the actual objection or what the seller said was, is my husband needs to look over this contract. So why don't we have him take a look at it and we'll get this contract signed tonight, okay? Now, what I heard right here was, is the seller was saying, I'm talking to the wife, she wants her husband to read over the contract, okay? Now, it makes sense to me that she's wanting to get off the phone with me, read the contract with her husband, 
and then sign the contract. But she's pretty much already verbally told me I'm willing to sign. We're going to sign the contract tonight. So at that point, the actual objection is, is in all reality, without asking any questions, is, is she just thought, hey, why don't I get off the phone with you and then we'll be able to take a look at this. I just rebuttaled back and said, was well, your husband available now? I mean, because he could take a look and I can wait. She said, well, yeah, he is. So this comes down to simple human conversation, communication, okay? She didn't want to be rude and leave me hanging on the phone while they read over the, conver- the, the contract. And by me offering, hey, I'll sit here and wait on your husband and you to read over the contract. It's only two pages. They read over it, and, and two, three minutes later, the contract was signed because there was nothing there. They had a couple of questions about it, but then the contract was signed. So, again, this is a, a one of many examples I could use here, but listen for the actual objection, okay? Now, in day one, if you go back and you, and you watch my first round that I did, I was talking to a seller who was contemplating selling his first ever investment property, okay? Now, he's in a W-2. He's bought this rental property. He's contemplating selling it, rolling those funds into more investment properties in the future. Now, his objection was pretty similar. His objection was, is let me think about whether or not I want to sell it. Now, this is where it's one of those situations where I'm not going to push as hard because what he's really saying is, is, I don't know if I want to actually sell this property. So the objection that I had to overcome there was, is explaining the benefits to selling that and how he could utilize those funds to grow his portfolio and eventually get out of the W-2 that he was in and become a full-time real estate investor. And so that's how I overcame that. It wasn't to get the signed contract right there. Yeah, I'm in a competition and I want to do that. But again, remember, Our job as a real estate investor is to solve people's problems. And so in this situation, the best way that I could solve his problem was explaining the benefits to selling that property, explain the benefits of keeping that property, and then let him make his decision. That was not going to be a close right then and there on the phone in comparison to what happened in the final round where she had already made up her mind that she wanted to sell it really the only objection there was could I beat OfferPad and then get her to sign the contract by reading over it? Okay, tip number two, utilize open-ended questions. Now I wanna follow that up with tip number three, which is utilize closed-ended questions to establish authority. Okay, so an open-ended question is a question that it does not allow a yes or no answer. It It forces them to divulge information. Okay, so in that last example, the with the seller who signed the contract in my final round, she started the conversation by telling me that she had a hundred thousand dollar offer from OfferPad. Okay, she was contemplating accepting that offer, but she was worried about the fees that they were going to hit. So the open ended questions I asked were about the process. Have has OfferPad come out and and done their inspection yet? No, they haven't. And and this is the time frame in which they're going to do this. And so she's divulging information there. Now, where I establish the authority is 
is once I realize they haven't come out and done their inspection, well, you understand that when they come out and they do their inspection, that they're going to hit you with repairs that they need to do on the property. And then that's going to hit you on your bottom line. Yes, I do understand that. Now I'm establishing authority because I'm explaining offer pads, whole buy process to her. And then I can go into it and explain our buy process and how we're better to work with than offer pad. So by utilizing open-ended questions early on in the conversation, it got the seller to divulge more information to me. It got her to divulge who she got the offer from, offer pad, how much it was for, 100000 And then after the fees, they were already at 96000 Then they had to come out and do their inspection, which was going to get them down somewhere between estimated eighty-five to 90000 This was the beginning process of me establishing my anchor price, which was going to be 85000 Now, if you go back and you watch, I shot much lower. I shot at 85000 or 75000 excuse me just to see what her reaction was going to be, even though I knew that I wanted to be at 85000 because I knew that was going to be an acceptable number for investors as well as an acceptable number for her because I established that by saying, look, you know that OfferPad's probably going to come in around 85000 correct? Yes, I do know that. So she is already mentally prepared to accept that offer, but there's just something about the unknown, Right. There's something about me saying, hey, I'm going to come in at 85000 and and we're not going to waver from that in comparison to she could go with offer pad, accept that $100,000 offer. But what if they come in lower than that? What if they come higher? Just the unknown there where she can make a solid decision with me right then and there. And I think that's why it's important to establish the authority with the seller by explaining the process and saying, hey, this is what's going to happen with me. And I did that by using those closed-ended questions after I used open-ended questions, okay? And the last tip that I want to give today is capitalize on timing for your needs, okay? And I think this is where uh, people really struggle. And, and, and sometimes people say, you know, RJ uses a style that is completely different than anyone else. And, and it comes down to being raw and authentic and just being transparent. So when she came out with her objection of having her husband look over the contract, I was very transparent about the fact that, ma'am, it's 340. I'm actually in a competition with my buddies right now, and I need to get a signed contract by 4 p.m. So I have 20 minutes to get a signed contract. Is it possible for you to go find your husband to be able to look over this? And I can walk you through the contract step by step. Okay. What I've done at this point is, is I've established myself as an authority. And when I feel like you establish yourself as an authority, you can kind of relax in the conversation. And that's where you saw me building the rapport. Okay. I was building the rapport with the seller while I was writing the contract. I was explaining what I was doing on a Sunday afternoon, the fact that I was in Cleveland, Ohio for my son's travel hockey tournament. I asked her about what she was doing. What, you know, why did she want to sell the house? Understanding her needs. And at that point in time, we had a very solid relationship. Even though we had probably only been on the phone for less than 10 minutes, I felt very comfortable coming back and saying, hey, you told me what your needs are. 
now that we're this far in the conversation, I'm going to capitalize on the timing of this conversation. And now I'm going to ask something from you, seller. I need you to work on the timing of when this is going to happen. And I need you to do this now because this is what I need to make this work. You're selling the property to me. I'm a buyer, okay? And I think sometimes that's where, because we talk about closing, we we forget the fact that the seller is the one selling something to us, okay? Yeah, it's strange to say in how hot of a market it is nowadays and has been for the past five, six, seven years, maybe even longer than that to, to people that have been doing this longer than me, that we have to put ourselves in the shoes of the seller and realize that they are motivated and wanting to sell us something. So to say, hey, I'm willing to write you a check for $85,000 for this property, but I need you to bend a little bit and do it on my timing. These are my needs, whatever they might be. And that's for you to determine during that rapport building process. Hearing what their needs are, okay? Listening to their tone, kind of understanding what their body language is on the other side of the phone, and then determining how far can you push? Can you push for that person to sign that contract today? Or in the scenario of day one, where it's the gentleman saying, this is my first ever investment property. And dude, I'm pretty excited about the fact that I own this and it's cash flowing. And I really don't know what the right decision is. Should I sell it now or should I keep it? I'm listening to this. I'm understanding his situation. I don't know if capitalizing on the timing for my needs right there is asking that gentleman to sign a contract. What I am saying is, is why don't you take the rest of the weekend and I'll follow up with you next week. Okay. There's a difference there because I'm listening to what the seller is telling me their needs are. And then I'm capitalizing when the opportunity arises, when I'm talking to a seller and I'm hearing, Hey, we're prepared to make a decision right now. We're ready to sell. We've pretty much, pretty much already come up with a determination of the price that we're willing to accept and we're willing to walk away. Well then, yeah, I have no problem sitting there and saying, can you do it on my time frame, which is right now? Because that's listening to me. I'm listening to their needs. And then I'm capitalizing on the timing to say, hey, I need you to fulfill my needs as well. Okay. So these are just four tips that I think will help you overcome seller's objections. And, and again, this is probably one of those things that is going to take consistent work. The more and more reps that you put in and the more and more sellers that you talk to, you're going to get better at identifying the situations when it's okay to use an open-ended question. When is it okay to use a closed-ended question to establish authority? When can you capitalize on timing to, to get somebody to do something for your needs, not only catering to the seller's needs? And then also, you'll get a lot better at just listening to what the actual objection is. I hope this helps you. I hope you enjoyed that. And again, remember, you can pick up the replay of the Closers Olympics using the link in the show notes. I, I suggest everybody that's listening to this go out there and do that. There's a ton of value in there for some of the, the best closers in this country, as well as the judges giving pretty much consistent feedback throughout the rounds. It was a great event, and I'm excited that I was able to come away the champion. 
Thank you guys for all the love and support. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you.